one of the things that I like to do to kind of give myself a little bit of focus or, or something new to learn is to uh, watch some, some documentaries sometimes, especially about history. I love history. And so there I was on the 4th of July with some friends and uh, 60 Minutes came on and did a quick little profile of the documentary historian filmmaker Ken Burns. Some of you will know him. His probably most famous one is on the Civil War. And then he did one on baseball. Um, I saw that he had done one on country music. And I love music, but I don't know as much about country music. So I'm like, well, I'm going to watch that. That'll be something great to kind of lighten my spirits. And it was wonderful. I learned all about the history of country music and the way it works today. And it's great. Then I, I remembered that he also had done one on the Vietnam War. I'm like, I you know, grew up slightly after that. So I don't know as much about the history of the Vietnam War. So I'm going to watch that one. I'm kind of in the middle of it. And uh, this is not as happy as country music, shall we say. Um, and the thing that I suppose most caught my attention is I'm, I'm looking at the readings today and it, it's all about, you know, sheep and shepherding, but leadership. And it reminded me as I was watching the, the Ken Burns series on the Vietnam War about how the people at that time, so the people, this is largely you people, uh, I know I'm talking to, at the time of the Vietnam War, that the people they're interviewing are like, just, we could never believe that our, our government would, would do anything wrong. And I'm not, you know, whether or not the Vietnam War is right or wrong or whatever, uh, the people were all interviewed saying like, well, our government would never, would never go to war if it, it wasn't absolutely just the best, most perfect thing. And that this is what people really believed. Um, you interview all the people and at that time, like they could never dream of doubting their government. Wow, <laughs> how, how things have changed. And largely how things have changed probably because of the Vietnam War. Because of course, eventually it came out that you know, right or wrong as to what, what, the, what you think about the war. Like the government was definitely lying to the people and not wanting to tell them what was really going on. And eventually that really, as you might imagine, eroded confidence in the government. Because not only was it a question of maybe the government would go to war in a way that wasn't good, but then you come to see, okay, they would definitely lie to us about it. They would definitely hide the truth from us. And I can see how, how quickly those days of like, well, our government would never do anything bad, would it? Well, uh, the answer is yes. And so that, that kind of eroded confidence to, to now, um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily, my, my personal opinion on this doesn't matter. I've kind of tuned off the TV a little bit, but I'm, I'm told anyway that there are certain people who decide not to get the, the COVID-19 vaccine because they think the government is secretly implanting microchips in them to like control them somehow. I'm like, that seems a little far-fetched to me. I haven't done the research, so don't take my opinion for it. But the idea that we went from, we can trust our government, right? I mean, the government only does what's good. They would never go to war if it wasn't really necessary to, I think the government's implanting microchips in us to control us. It's a, it's a bit of a downslide, we might say. Um, so what to do with that? What, what to do? And I, maybe I look at leadership today from church and state. So starting with state leadership, well, what about the shepherds of our social political society? Well, obviously we, we have a healthy skepticism. They are probably beyond a healthy skepticism. We wonder, can anything good come from government now? 
Well, as someone who has traveled around the world a lot and studied history, um, you know, our solution is, of course, well, well, we'll elect new leaders. Okay, that's, that's a solution, and maybe we should just be thankful that that's actually a solution for us. I mean, talk to the people in Cuba or other countries where elect new leaders is not a possibility. Uh, largely, the Vietnam War was fought to prevent the spread of socialism, communism. Uh, today, we're far enough removed from that that our, our young people don't really even know what socialism or communism really is, and they think, well, maybe it would be a good idea. Like, yeah, except every other time it's been tried and failed and people end up, you know, at the point of a gun from their leaders. So we're doing a little better than that. But at the same time, I think we can rightly look at our leaders and see their failings and maybe just the failing of a lot in leadership. What do we do with that? Well, on the one hand, I, I would do what Jesus kind of said to the apostles to do in the scriptures, come away to a deserted place for a bit. In other words... It's good to be politically informed. It's maybe not good to be a political news junkie where all you do is sit in front of the TV and, uh, you know, newsflash, uh, the 24-hour cable news TV is not primarily designed to keep you informed. It's designed to keep you agitated and watching them so they can sell you what's ever in the commercials in between the supposed news. So just be careful. Uh, we as human beings, we like to have things that are, you know, obvious that we need to go fight and do good. Well, the, the news is pretty good about making you think that everything is all messed up and broken and we should like, you know, be agitated all the time. And it's probably not that bad either. So maybe try coming away, turn off the TV, go to a deserted place for a while. Um, not everything that is going on at every place in the world requires your individual immediate attention. Uh, sometimes I think we, we think that and it keeps us constantly annoyed because there's always something wrong in the world and the, the TV, in order to keep us agitated, would like to show us the things that are wrong all the time. So maybe there's a balance we need to have. On the one hand, realize that, no, our state leaders are not perfect. You know, maybe that doesn't need to be said as much today, but realize that maybe most importantly of all, that the state is, is not our salvation. No matter how great a system of government we have, and I happen to think we've got a pretty good one in the United States. You know, as one famous person said, it's the worst system of government in the world here in the United States, except for all the others. Uh, do some history, study other systems of government. You'll see ours is pretty good. But we also recognize that it's imperfect. It's led by very imperfect people. So don't look to the state, don't look to even just electing new leaders as to be the solution. That's to put the state in a position that religiously is not good. The state is not God, the state is not our salvation. No system of government is ever gonna provide everything we could possibly want. So have a healthy skepticism, but also be thankful that especially here in the United States, we've got a pretty good government. So. That's a little bit about maybe the shepherds of the state. Healthy, healthy skepticism, but also try to go out and really love our country and make it the best we can. But then uh, I think we look at leaders of the church. So the, the shepherds of the flock of, of God. And here it's, it's almost if we take now the leadership of the state and we say, okay, but in the church, like those leaders should all be perfect. Yeah, the, the government of our secular state is corrupt, 
But the church, well, they're all supposed to be perfect. Well, that's it's not a, a bad ambition, I suppose. Uh, the problem is that's also not possible. Your church leaders, I can assure you, are all corrupt. Corrupted by the effects of original sin, ongoing. And by the way, so are you. Uh, so, no, the church isn't a chance for like a do-over on political society to say, well, here's a political society, but it should be perfect because, well, it's the church. So it's run by people who love God and should be perfect. No, also not true. Uh, in fact, Jesus knew this very well because he, he didn't pick any perfect people to be leaders of his church. Now, in fact, he, he kind of did the opposite in that the Jewish leaders at the time, especially the Pharisees, well, they had this idea that, yes, the leaders of God's people should be perfect. So the Pharisees held themselves out as we're perfect. We live the law perfectly. Follow us as God's leaders because we're perfect and we do it better than everybody else. Well, Jesus came and there's no coincidence that he had the most run-ins with the Pharisees saying, stop, stop doing this idea of everyone's got to be perfect before God will love them. You're not perfect, Pharisees. Well, they didn't like that. Uh, and especially Jesus came to appeal to a bunch of normal people who realized they're not perfect and they're not going to be. So I think if we have a healthy kind of understanding today that none of us are perfect, we're not going to be perfect, and that God loves us that way anyway. In fact, he, he loves us enough that he sees us as sheep. And if you've ever worked with sheep or really even trying to herd cats, uh, well, they're not really responsible for the fact that they can't really get themselves organized. So if you feel like a sheep who just doesn't quite have it all together and things are falling apart, good, join the club. Because newsflash, your, your shepherds, your priests, bishops, even the Pope, we're also all sheep. And a lot of times we're just lost and in need of our, our one good shepherd. There's only one perfect shepherd and that's Jesus. The rest of this mess of things that is the, the actual concrete existing church in the world, well, sometimes can be just as politically messed up as the state. And Jesus knew that. Uh, he, he promised that his church would last forever and that hell would not prevail against it in the end. Doesn't mean it's not gonna get pretty messed up along the way. And certainly those of us who have lived in the last you know, 20, 30 years have well seen that at the time the Vietnam War was going on and things were messed up there, yeah, things were pretty messed up in the church too. We'll just find out about it later, so to speak. Um, so what, what to do with that? Well, I think it, we, we have a, a solution in the church that is actually a pretty good one. And, and that is to say that if, if the leadership of the church looks to be wanting and can we trust that leadership? Well, Jesus gave us more than, than simply the, the leaders, so-called, of the church. In the church, we look at three things. Scripture, so we, we've got something, <laughs> the, the holy word of God that has been given to us in the Bible, the sacred scriptures. We've also got the sacred tradition, so the constant teaching of the church that has been handed down. The word tradition, traditio, means to, to hand down. Well, we've got the faithful, authentic Catholic teaching that exists apart from any shepherds who, who might not do a very good job of handing it on. And then there's the magisterium. There's, there's the scripture, the tradition, and the magisterium. Magisterium means the, the teaching authority of the church. And that goes beyond just the current pope or the current bishops. 
it, it also transcends time. So if it looks like the present leadership of the church or your parish or your diocese, if, if you see their flaws and how they're maybe not doing a very good job or, or maybe morally not living very well, okay, Jesus foresaw all of that. There, I think the answer is, well, we don't elect new leadership. We can pray for leadership, pray for our current leadership, pray that God will give us good shepherds. But if things seem to be maybe not all well with the leadership in the church, well, the answer there is not leave the church, find a new church. The answer there is, well, what about scripture, tradition, and the magisterium? Those things, at least scripture and tradition, don't change. They remain constant. So you can look and say, this particular priest, is he saying what the church has always taught and believed and is conformable with scripture? If not, well, he's just a bad shepherd. And the first reading has something to say about shepherds who, who lead people astray and don't teach God's truth. Be, you know, afraid for those <laughs> shepherds who do that because words are pretty harsh. But then you stay, you stay put and stay confident in the scripture and the tradition. What has been handed down from time immemorial? What has the church always taught and continues to teach? The church can't change its doctrine. Doctrine can evolve and it can find new expression at certain times, but it can't change. The church can't say one day, you know, this is the, the teaching of the Bible and scripture and is divinely revealed and then say, yeah, tomorrow, eh, not so much. So if you got trouble with the leadership of the church, pray, pray because they're all, all of us, a bunch of messed up broken sinners. That doesn't change just because you become a, or a priest, a bishop or the Pope even. You're still a messed up broken sinner who is probably gonna mess things up. But then go to the solid teaching of the church throughout time. It doesn't change. Stick fast to that. But then the, the third leadership I'd like to look at today is one that probably is the most important and the one you can actually do something about. Because in the end, part of our frustration is we see our country and there's, if there's problems, we think there's not a whole lot I can do about it. We look at the church and we, if, if you think the problem is the leadership, well, there's also not a whole lot you can do about that. But the place where you can do something is the place where you, all of you are also shepherds and, and that is our families. Mother Teresa looked at all the problems in the world and she says, you wanna, you wanna change the world? Go home, love your family. So there's a chance for you to actually be a good shepherd in your own little domain, your family. How you doing there? Well, newsflash, you too are also a broken, miserable, wounded sinner that's all messed up. So ask your kids, they'll probably tell you uh, exactly what they think about, you know, I don't like it when you do that. <laughs> Why, why do I gotta do that? And then you get older and you start to realize maybe your parents weren't quite as bad as you thought. But you also, as you get older, start to see, yeah, my parents really had some failings and it maybe really affected things. It's true all over. But if you wanna make a difference, if you wanna really like do something today, well, there's nothing that you're gonna see on TV that you're gonna be able to probably fix today. Like you don't like the leadership in the country, there's no, probably nothing you're gonna to do today to fix that. You can, you can try to vote, you can run for office and some of our parishioners do and make a great difference. And, Good political leaders can make a difference, but you're probably not gonna go out and get elected to public office today. Some of you are running and maybe you'll get elected later, but not today. 
And you're certainly not going to change the pope or the bishops or your priest today. But what you can do is, like, right away, leave this church and say, how can I love my family best today? How can I be a good shepherd to the little sheep, the little flock that God has given me? There is a way to make a difference. And as I would say to political leaders, church leaders, you too are not going to do it perfectly. And don't try to pretend you're going to do it perfectly. Sometimes the best things that you as a shepherd of your little family can do is tell your sheep, dad messed up. You know, sorry, that was not good. Just to be able to apologize and say, that was not the best. I'm sorry I said that that way. I'm sorry I got angry or I was you know, really frustrated. I shouldn't have done that. You know what? The best thing you can do sometimes as a shepherd of your little flock, bring everybody to confession. Say, mom and dad are going to confession and y'all are coming with us. It's good. We don't need to pretend like they thought before the Vietnam War that everyone's just completely perfect and trusting. We don't need to pretend that somehow the Pope and the bishops and the priest always get it right. They don't. And you, as shepherd of your little flock, don't need to pretend that you are just perfect and always get it right. Jesus chose miserable, broken people to be his leaders, his shepherds. So he knew what he was doing. So he chose you to be the leader of your little flock. So do the best you can. Don't pretend to be perfect, but maybe not be afraid to say, all right, what does my little flock need to do? To go maybe against just the, the current of wherever political society is going. Don't, don't just go with the flow. Be an actual leader. Where is God causing you, as shepherd of your earthly family flock, to do something amazing? Or at least to put God first. If you do that, you're going to mess it up. It's all going to fall apart. It'll look hopeless at times. But if you're trying to shepherd your little flock towards God, then the promise of Jesus comes true. Behold, the gates of hell will not prevail. They won't. It might look really bad in the meantime. Could look like the Vietnam War. Pretty ugly. But in the end, the 23rd Psalm today comes true. Surely goodness and kindness eventually will follow us and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the meantime, while we're waiting for that, don't get too worried about the bad stuff. You go home, love your family. Be a good shepherd of your own little flock.